The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, preached on December 4, 2011, based on Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God, through which the Holy Spirit prepares our hearts for Jesus is Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. It's also printed on the insert in the bulletin. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior, Zechariah and Elizabeth grew old together, having lived a quiet life. Zechariah was a priest, but wasn't part of that ruling class of priests. He belonged to the division of Abijah somewhere down the line, and so they didn't live in Jerusalem. They lived in the hill country of Judea. And as faithful believers, they were looking forward to that time that the Messiah would come. He would be their righteousness and salvation. And so they lived their lives in humble obedience to the Lord and his commandments, knowing that only the Messiah could rescue them from sin and death. And yet, this faithful couple had no children. Children were a blessing from the Lord, and they still are. And so Jewish society in that day considered it a disgrace if a a couple did not have any children. So no doubt Zechariah and Elizabeth during their younger days prayed earnestly for a child. But as the years went by and it became evident that they were now too old, those prayers probably had stopped. God would bless them in some other way, they figured. There would be no children for them. Now let's just talk a little bit more about Zechariah's work as a priest. There were 24 different 
priestly divisions at this time who rotated their service at the temple throughout the year. When the division of Abijah, Zechariah's division, was, uh, was up, when they, when they had their week of service, Zechariah would be there in Jerusalem doing whatever duties at the temple he was assigned. And now picture the temple for yourself, the entire temple complex. Remember how it was made up of courtyards and colonnades and uh, chambers and corridors, quite a magnificent complex. But the sanctuary itself was quite small. All this surrounded that sanctuary, which had only two rooms, the holy place and the most holy place, also called the holy of holies. A lot of the activities we think of as going on at the temple, like the offering of the sacrifices and the preaching and the teaching, they all went on in the courtyards, not in the sanctuary. No one could enter the most holy place except the high priest once a year. And even in the holy place, the access was limited to the priest who was carrying out the official duty. And one of those official duties was offering incense on that altar that stood right before the curtain that divided the most holy place from the holy place. Those incense were offered twice a day. And the priest who did this was chosen by lot. It was often a -a once-in-a-lifetime privilege. And this time, Zechariah was chosen. He enters the holy place. And that's when the angel speaks to him, Do not fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. What an answer to prayer. And this is food for us to think about and meditate on as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. For you see, dear friends, an Advent heart that's prepared for Christmas is a heart of prayer. That's the first part we want to look at here today. An Advent heart prepared for Christmas is a heart of of prayer. Now, what an answer Zechariah receives to his prayer. But it seems like Zechariah really had offered these prayers many years earlier. Did you notice how he responded to the angel's message? How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. As their bodies had grown old, the reality of their age set in and they had stopped praying for a child. And yet, and yet, notice the Lord's mercy here. Even though they had given up praying, he answers the prayer. And he answers it in such a marvelous way. Now, as we think about this, I I think we need to keep in mind that there are two different kinds of petitions or prayers or, or requests that we bring before the Lord. The first kind of petition asks God to do what he has already promised. It is offered with that full confidence and faith that God will do what he has said he will do. We dare never give up hope in this prayer, in this petition, because that would be calling God a liar as if he wasn't going to keep his promise. And likewise, we don't add the words, if it is your will, because we already know it is his will, because he has promised it. And so the first kind of petition is the kind that holds God to his promises. Now, the second kind asks God for something that he has not specifically promised, and their prayer for a child is an example of that. 
These prayers as well we offer from a heart that trusts the Lord, from a heart that knows that we are God's true children through faith in Jesus Christ, and that as our dear Father in heaven, He will answer in the way that's best, at the right time, according to His good and gracious will. And these prayers we often offer with with deep longing and fervent hearts, just as Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed for a child. And yet, with these kind of prayers as well, our Christian judgment may reach that point where we realize that God doesn't seem like he's going to answer this prayer in the way we had hoped for. Just as Zechariah and Elizabeth came to the conclusion that they weren't going to be having children. There's nothing wrong with faith moving on, trusting the Lord to bless us in a different kind of way. Because although the faith faith trusts that God can do anything, faith also knows that just because God can do it doesn't mean he will do it. And yet, how great the mercy of the Lord is, as we see here. Even though Zechariah and Elizabeth had thought that this was no longer a possibility, the Lord answers their prayer And he answers in a way most marvelous. For you see, his answer depends on his mercy, not on our worthiness. And so, he gives them an answer that is far beyond what they were thinking of. For his answer here not only promises them a child, but there is more, isn't it? As faithful believers, Zechariah and Elizabeth would have been praying for the coming of the Savior. And they knew that would happen someday because the Lord had promised it. That would be the first kind of petitions that we had talked about earlier, holding God to his promise. As the faithful Israelites had prayed for centuries, so also they prayed for the Savior to come. And now what an answer the angel gives them. Not only would they have a child, but he was to give the child the name John, which means the Lord is gracious. For you see, the Lord's grace was now going to put his plan of salvation into action. This child born to them would prepare the way for the Lord, just as foretold in prophecy. And so, dear friends, dear Christians, when you pray, do not cut the Lord short. Rely on his mercy not on your sincerity. For when he answers, he answers in ways that often go far beyond what we could ever have imagined. And be patient, for he answers when the time is right. As you prepare your hearts for Christmas, prepare with a heart of prayer. That's an Advent heart. A heart of prayer. Pray confident of the Lord's promises and pray patiently, trusting his good and gracious will. Now, let's take a look at the ministry, the work that this child, John, would do as the angel describes that work here. And this brings us to the next part that we want to look at today as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. John, as he prepared the way for the Lord, would come in the spirit and power of of Elijah, the angel says. Through the prophet Malachi, the last of the Old Testament prophets, the Lord God had declared, 
See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. The days of the prophet Elijah had been days of unbelief and hard hearts. Elijah preached a message that called on the people to turn away from their wickedness and their sin, to turn back to the Lord, their God, the only God who saves. And so also would be the ministry of John the Baptist as he called out to the people. He would call on them to turn away from their sins and turn to the Lord with a penitent heart. For you see, a heart that is ready for Christ a heart that is prepared for Christmas, an Advent heart, is a heart of penitence. Listen again to how Gabriel describes the work that John would do. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Like the people in Zechariah's day, we too consider ourselves to be the people prepared for the Lord, right? We consider ourselves to be God's people. We call the Lord our God. And yet that thought should never lead us to puff out our chests in pride, boasting, I'm one of God's people. Rather, that thought opens our eyes in holy awe that confesses, God calls out even to a sinner like me. He calls me to be one of his people. Do you see the difference between a proud heart and a penitent heart? A penitent heart begins by seeing the terror of our sins. Like Elijah of old, John did not mince words as he pointed out the sins of the people as he called them to repentance as he preached and prepared the way for the Lord. The axe is already at the root of the tree, he preached, and every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Do you hear the terror of sin in those words? And yet, how often do we fill ourselves with the spirit of the season rather than with the Holy Spirit? How often do we produce the fruits of convenience as it suits us rather than the fruit of humble, loving service? Does your peace of mind come from a dulled conscience that no longer takes your sin too seriously? Is that what the peace of Christmas means to you? Then know that the axe is already at the root of the tree, your root, ready to be chopped down and thrown into the fire of hell. A penitent heart takes sin seriously. It knows God's holy law. It confesses how rotten our natural fruit is. It feels the heat of God's just wrath and trembles, rightly trembles. Yes, that is the beginning of a penitent heart. But how lost and forlorn and sad the life of a Christian would be if that's where the penitent heart ended. But dear friends, John not only preached the terror of sin, 
There was more to his message than that. That part of the message was like the plow that breaks up the ground, breaking up the hard hearts. That was not the seed or the harvest. Listen again to how the angel describes that ministry of John. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. His ministry not only called on the people to turn away from sin, it also called them back to the Lord, the Savior God. He pointed them to the Messiah. He prepared the way for the Lord, Jesus Christ. Think of, for example, how he pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away your sin, dear friend. Since he takes away the sin of the world, all sin, it includes yours. He takes them away not because our sin is no big deal, no. He takes them away because he is your God and Savior who sacrificed himself as the Lamb whose blood alone has redeemed you by paying the greatest price of all for you. Jesus takes away your sin. That's the peace that Christmas brings to our penitent hearts. The peace the angels sang about. Jesus takes away your sin. That's the promise the penitent heart holds on to with all faith and confidence and assurance. Jesus takes away your sin. For you see, the penitent heart not only knows the terror of our sin, it also knows the overwhelming peace of the full forgiveness in Christ Jesus. That's a heart prepared for Christmas, an Advent heart, a heart of penitence that clings to Jesus and confesses, He takes away my sin. And from such a penitent heart comes praise, which brings us to the final part here today. An Advent heart is a heart of praise. Zechariah, though, wasn't ready, was he, for the angel's message here? Rather than thanks and praise coming out of his mouth, we hear him utter words of doubt. Oh, he believed that the Lord would send the Savior someday, but he doubted the Lord's promise to be able to give him a son in his old age. And so the Lord trains Zechariah here. No more words of doubt are going to come out of Zechariah's mouth because he's not going to be able to speak at all until John is born. You'll see firsthand just how much power the Lord has over our bodies. But nine months later, what words of praise come out of Zechariah's mouth? Yes, the first words he speaks are words of praise. The Advent heart is a heart of praise, a heart that's prepared for Christmas, prepared for praising the Lord our God whose way John prepared, prepared for for our God has come in the flesh to give you the knowledge of salvation, to bring you the forgiveness of sins, to rise as the sun into the darkness of your night and to guide your feet into the way of peace. Listen to Zechariah's words of praise that the Holy Spirit gave him to speak at the birth of his son, John the Baptist. Words that we too can join in with recorded at the end of Luke chapter 1. 
Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Just as he said through the holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember the holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our, before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The heart prepared for Christmas, the Advent heart, is a heart of prayer, a heart of penitence, a heart of praise. Prepare your hearts, dear friends. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.